This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you. What you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now, in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. And you can stream the show all over the world at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. And uh, we have a great show lined up tonight. My guest, one of my guests tonight is Jay Siegert. He's an international speaker. He's also the co-founder and executive director of the Creation Education Center. That's C-E-C-W-I-S-C dot com or dot O-R-G. He holds degrees in physics and engineering technology. He's been lecturing on creation and evolution and the authority of scripture for over 30 years. He's also a board member for Logos Research Associates and a former speaker for Creation Ministries International. Last year, he told me before the show, he spoke uh, over 180 times. Unbelievable. Jay, thanks a lot for being on the show today. My honor to be here. Appreciate being on the program. All the way from Wisconsin. All the way. Didn't bring any snow, though. Okay. (laughs) And my other guest tonight, he's our uh, resident skeptic tonight. Uh, He is uh, part of the Humanist Association here in San Diego. His name's Sean Taylor, and a a really nice guy. Uh, I like to consider him my friend. And uh, he, I've had him on the air before. He was actually on, if you look back in the shows on my website, he was on with Sean McDowell. And uh, we had a great discussion about the resurrection of Christ. Very, very interesting. And uh, I love bringing Sean on because um, I want to make sure that we're answering real questions and things that skeptics ask. I don't want to just, you know, kind of be in our little bubble and putting up straw men and knocking them down. And so I like uh, Sean to be here just to make sure we're being honest, quote, being honest, right? We're always honest. But uh, Sean, thanks a lot for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, fantastic. So um, tonight, well, Jay, I I wanted to ask you um, about your life, about how you came to the conclusion that God is true, that the Bible is true. I mean, if we come to the conclusion that God is true, it doesn't automatically mean that the Bible is true. Why would the God of the Bible be the creator of the universe? And um, can you just give us, start off with giving us some background about how you got involved in this and why you're so persuaded that this is the truth? Sure. Um, My background in a nutshell, I grew up in a Christian home. And when I give presentations, I show a picture of the house and I say, you can see this is obviously a Christian home. People laugh, but I grew up with parents who are Christians and sisters and just very strong household that didn't make me a Christian, but that's what I was presented. You know, when you're a kid, you basically believe whatever you're taught, whether your parents are atheists or whether they're Christians. So I I believed the Bible. I believed in God, believed in Jesus, went to church where I continued to be taught that. I went to public schools all the way through high school. When I graduated, I went to a Christian college to study mechanical engineering. I was there for a while. Then I decided to switch my major to physics, but they didn't have a physics major there. So I transferred away from there. That was in Arkansas, actually. Went back to Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, to get a degree in physics. And that's when my world changed quite a bit uh, because I went from a small Christian college where my engineering professors actually opened up each class in prayer to a large state university where my physics professors did not open up in prayer. They were all evolutionists. Some of them were atheists, and they were, in essence, telling me that everything I believed was wrong. And that really 
shook me. It really made me feel uncomfortable to be surrounded by these PhD scientists who I assumed had a lot of evidence for what they believed, but I realized probably for the first time in my life that even though I knew what I believed, I really didn't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did I really know that God existed? How did I know the creation account was scientifically valid? That's big studying physics. Yeah. How did I know there was a flood? How did I know Jesus was the Son of God? How did I know the Bible is the inspired Word of God? I believed all those things because that's what I was taught. I had no problem with that, but I really couldn't defend it. So I felt God putting it on my heart to start looking into these things and finding answers. And so I did. That was about my junior year of college. So I've been researching and lecturing now for 30 years on these evidences for the existence of God and for the inspiration of Scripture. And so it's something that I grew up believing but didn't necessarily take it to heart as much. And even in my own experience, it was very academic for a while where I just had all these facts in my head my own relationship with Christ wasn't probably where it needed to be growing and maturing, and God kind of got a hold of me too there, where it's a lot more personal for me now too, mm. in addition to just this academic head knowledge. So, But over the years, you know, God has been patient with me and helped me mature that way and helped me realize this is not about me. Um, it's not about winning arguments. This is about sharing the truth that I think God has given to us uh, in a very humble and winnable way. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, you you wrote a book recently called uh, Creation and Evolution, Compatible or in Conflict. And, you you know, you came out of that university where there was a lot of people uh, promoting evolution and uh, teaching you about evolution. And so you said, I I heard you say, I thought there was going to be a lot of evidence to support this. You feel today that there's not evidence to support that perspective? Is Is that where you're coming from? I guess what I would say more accurately is that, now, first of all, evidence doesn't say anything. Mm. Facts don't say anything. Facts don't speak for themselves. They all have to be interpreted. Mm. And the way we interpret facts is by using our worldviews, our presuppositions, our starting points, our biases. We always use what we already believe to look at some facts and then make, try to make sense of them. So the argument really isn't so much the facts. Um, two people, whether it's an atheist and a Christian, they can both look at DNA and they can see the exact same facts but they're probably going to come to a different conclusion as to how the DNA got here, not based on what they actually see because the facts are the same for both, but based on what they have decided to choose to believe to begin with, with those you know, presuppositional views. And so today, it, instead of saying there's no evidence for something, I would say that the best foundational starting point would be the Christian worldview that makes best sense of the things that we look at when we look at DNA, when we look at information, when we look at order in the universe. Those things make a lot more sense are more naturally interpreted from a Christian worldview than something might be the opposite, like an atheistic worldview. So, Sean, I kind of want to give you a chance to chime in here. So he's saying uh, that uh, the facts don't speak for themselves, that uh, we all come to facts with bias. Is that something you um, you agree with? Is that something that— uh, No, not necessarily. I, okay. I think, I mean, it's kind of— fuzzy language at the level that we're speaking at now. I mean, I, you know, I, I could see that being a valid point on a certain topic. But I mean, you know, facts are we've got facts. To get, we, we've got to get down to, uh, well, can you right. give an example, Jay, of what you're talking about, where you would have two people, they'd look at the same facts, but they'd, they'd draw different conclusions? Sure. Um, first of all, I'd say, too, we need to make a distinction between two types of science, the operational science and historical science. The operational science deals with things that we typically do in a laboratory. We can see it. We can repeat it. Multiple people can test it. It deals with making space shuttles, cures for diseases, cell phones. It's great stuff. Typically, creationists and evolutionists aren't debating those things. 
the historical science deals with things, events that happened in the distant past when we weren't around to see it, can't repeat it in the laboratory, and we can't test it directly. That involves a lot of guesses and assumptions as to what did happen back then because we can't see it, can't reproduce it. So that's where the focus of my comments are is in those types of sciences. We're not talking about which metal is the best conductor. We can test that in laboratory and it kind of be done and no one questions it. Mm. But for those other things, for example, looking at DNA, Dr. Francis Crick co-discovered the DNA molecule. Brilliant scientist. Won't argue with that. Uh, he was an atheist. So when he looked at the DNA, as complex as it was, he for a while, apparently was comfortable in saying it's just an accident. That's just what nature does. Given enough time, that we don't have all the answers, but that's what happens. Whereas a Christian would look at that and say that this is so complex, this makes sense because God is the one who created life, and this is more complex than what we think nature can do. It makes sense. What's interesting is with Francis Crick, the more he looked at it, the more he realized, okay, this isn't an accident. There's no way that nature could do this. It, it was designed. But because he was an atheist, he didn't really allow himself to say God designed it. Then he went to the idea that there must be alien life out there. They designed it and sent it to Earth on, on spaceships and seed form. So they're looking at the same DNA but coming up with different conclusions, not because of the complex details there, but because of their starting points. Well, I think in that situation, and, and this is where I, I often see this sort of thing, like where someone may invoke aliens or God or some sort of magic, um, is is usually at the point of one's ignorance. You know, I mean, I, I think you're you're referring to Crick's inability to explain the origin of something like uh, DNA. Whereas, you know, I mean, facts are facts. You know, we don't have all, all the facts laid out as far as how DNA started on on this planet. You know, for instance, um, we we don't. We don't know exactly how that happened. We know of a number of ways maybe it could possibly have happened, but we don't know how it happened. But if we're talking about what it is and how it changes, those are facts that we do know and, and can understand. And there's no magic that, that is required for that. Well, that would be the operational science. We know how it replicates now and things like that, mm-hmm. but its origins, that's the historical portion. Hey, I really like where this conversation is going. My guests tonight are Jay Seeger and Sean Taylor, and we're talking about the evidences for the truth of God. We're talking about presuppositions. How do we interpret facts? Um, do our biases have enough impact to cause us to draw the wrong conclusions? These are important questions, and we want to get at the truth. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. You're listening to AM1170TheAnswer.com with Kevin Conover and Educate for Life. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. I will cast my cares on you You're the anchor of my hope The only one who's in control I will Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. And you can stream the show all over the world at am1170theanswer.com. You can pick up recordings of the show at educateforlife.org. And my guests tonight are Jay Seegert and Sean Taylor. Jay Seeger is the director of the Creation Education Center. His website is cecwisc.com. He's got all, all kinds of great stuff there. I want to um, promote his book, Creation and Evolution. It's gotten great reviews from experts about um, just having a very uh, complete and concise uh, covering all the bases and so that you can get a really, really good grip on the information and where they're compatible, where they're in conflict, if they're compatible, and uh, how they conflict. So uh, Sean is here to uh, be our resident skeptic. He is a part of the uh, San Diego Humanist Board here in San Diego, and uh, I've known him for a while now, great guy. So we left off, guys, we were talking about uh, observational science versus uh, actual laboratory, or I'm sorry, uh, historical science is what you were saying. And uh, I kind of wanted to ask uh, in regards to the issue of how you interpret that. Um, Sean, you were saying that the facts speak for themselves to an extent, uh, but uh, Jay, you were, you were saying that they don't. It's based on our presuppositions, where we start from. Uh, can you expand a little bit on, about on that as far as um, how do we know we're starting from the right place? Well, that's an even bigger question. I doubt that we'll be able to cover that in any extent. Uh, but as far as the facts, we can measure the length of DNA, the width of it, how many amino acids go into it and genes and all these things, and those would be facts. But that really doesn't say much as far as how did it originate. Again, we can talk about how does something reproduce. Well, you get a strand from the mother, a strand from the father, put them together, gets passed on. That's all great stuff. We're not really debating or questioning that in science. That's that operational science. But when you talk about origins, how did things get started? Where did everything come from to begin with? How did it form an orderly universe? How did you get chemicals to form a living cell? All those origins issues that were kind of one-off events that happened in the past. We weren't around to observe it. We can't repeat it to continue to observe it, and we can't test it directly. That requires you to come up with a lot of guesses and assumptions as to what might have happened in the past, and that requires you to use your current set of beliefs. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. I would expect an atheist to use their presuppositions, those beliefs, when they're looking at those things. The question comes down to which starting point is more reasonable to use. Um, and it's not just pragmatics, but I know we're not going to get into all the depths of presuppositions and all that. Sure. It's very important to realize where we're coming from. And does your starting point help you naturally understand these things? Or are you constantly having to kind of put Band-Aids on things to make them fit with what you already believe? Mm. Now, Sean, I wanted to ask you, too. You made a point that it was you were kind of saying when our ignorance, when we hit the, the wall— uh, where we can't see behind the curtain, right. um, that it becomes almost a God of the gaps kind of thing or a... Sure. Yeah, I mean, just to be clear, I mean, for from my point of view, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I am an atheist, um, but as as far as 
the origins of of life, I, I've got no idea, and I I don't I don't claim to, and I don't I don't know. I, I don't claim it's God. I don't claim it's not God. I don't claim it's it, um, I, I don't I don't know, and I, I don't I don't need to know to understand how evolution works. I mean, evolution's got nothing to do with the origin of life, so I'm, I'm not sure. You know, we we kind of jumped off evolution into you know abiogenesis, but sure. I mean, I I have no idea. So and, and, and you're comfortable with that? Yeah. Oh, so, it, so well, oh, I'd love to. I would love to know. But yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah. And admitting so I, that I don't. Yeah, and I and I hear this frequently from uh, people who are agnostic or atheistic. Right. So when it comes to the facts, I mean, if we had facts that God did it, I would, I would, I would be happy to accept those facts. Yeah. But, so, but we don't. So Jay, how do you respond to somebody who says that that uh, they're because they don't have um, because it's historical science they feel they don't feel confident making a decision about it um your presupposition and my presupposition is that the bible is true uh how do you respond to somebody who says well that's historical quote science you've got to take it on faith therefore the better uh the better solution to the problem is to withhold judgment rather than to draw a conclusion about it about where we came from since we weren't there sure great question and something i meant to say before I just think it's awesome that Sean is here. I don't know that many Christians who would go on to a humanist program and, and sit and talk, so I just think it's awesome, and I, I wish we had a lot more time to talk. I think it would be great. Um, but one way I would respond is, first of all, the vast, vast majority of scientists or teachers in the public school systems, universities, aren't holding back and just saying, well, we don't know, it doesn't matter. They're saying, here are all the ideas, but they've already ruled out. We're not going to say God is an option. We're, we're going to only teach you potential naturalistic options. I mean, that's what we've been doing in this country for many, many years. The students typically are not allowed to hear um, conclusions that would conclude otherwise. And so it's not just a matter of saying, well, yeah, we can't know. It doesn't matter. And for anyone who believes in evolution that basically a single-celled organism did change over time into human beings, which is uh, evolution in a nutshell— single-celled organism about 3.8 billion years ago, you know, reproduces itself and changes occur over time and it turns into people. Um, you got to get it started. It had to come from somewhere. So if they're always going to science to show how that evolution occurred, how did that first cell get here? And that first cell had a lot of information in it, a lot of information. Now, not nearly as much information as humans have, but it, it came from somewhere. So can they help us understand from nature, how does nature create all that information? And then, as the cell copies its DNA, uh, copies its you know the cell information, um, and it just copies it. Where does the new information come from? Because if it's got to go from a single cell to a human being that's got a lot more information, it somewhere it's got to be gaining this information. But we've never seen where natural processes on their own create new information. If they could show that in a laboratory, that'd be really interesting. But they don't need just even little tiny bits here and there. They need tons of information all along the way to improve that cell all the way into human being. Science has no answers for that. And so I don't think we should be teaching the school systems that that's what happened. So you're saying – so, Sean, you're saying the better, the better uh, position to take is to withhold judgment when we don't have actual laboratory science. And he's saying, well, that's not, that's not what's happening. What's ha- actually happening is uh, – the science yeah. is leading into a almost a philosophy of agnosticism or atheism. No, I mean, I, he said a number of things, um, but I don't think it has anything to do with a- atheism. You know, not believing in God. I, I very much understand why why Christians, um, Bible believing Christians, why evolution is an issue. I mean, Genesis one one is just kind of out the window if evolution 
is true. You understand that better than many Christians do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, And then there's just no, there's no purpose for Jesus. I mean, that whole thing just goes right out the window if evolution is true. I I understand that. We got to have him on the air. He's got to talk to my Christian friends. (laughs) For for me, I mean, for me, evolution could be disproved right now. It would in no way impact my atheism. You know, there's no book of atheism that says, you know, life must have been a gradual uh, change. Um, there's just nothing about that that, you know, if we proved that God did it, well, then I wouldn't be an atheist because I would understand that a God exists. So therefore, you know, just definitively, well, I would have a belief in a God. Sure. Um, but there isn't, so I'm not. Um, but, I mean, you, again, you, you, he mentioned a number of things there, uh, which was, you know, again, went from abiogenesis where that's where I was talking about, whereas we, we don't know. Um, evolution is, is different. From the single cell on, that is biological evolution. That so, is, so you feel we shouldn't draw conclusions about, quote, abiogenesis? No, no, they're just different topics. I, we keep, I, I just well, want to be well, clear which well, one we're talking about. Well, let's include it in the topic. I think, it's, I think we can include both evolution and abiogenesis. Oh, no, no, yeah, I'm happy to talk about both. But, yeah. I, but I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, we were talking about evolution, and then so the, we're, the issue we're, with evolution is it had to start somewhere. Sure. Yes, but that's not evolution. Well, that's okay. So the whole course is on, though, that evolution of the initial cell. There's books written on it and courses. On abiogenesis? Yes. Yeah, they oh, call yeah, it evolution, a, the evolution a, of, yeah, evolution of the universe, you know, cosmic evolution. Oh, you're just using evolution. it in that term. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, obviously there's two different ways to use it. We're talking about biological evolution, uh, you know, as in sure. like Darwinian we focus evolution. focus on whatever we, want, right. whatever we want to do with the I think they're both thing. relevant subjects to talk about tonight. Oh, all of them, yeah. And, I just and didn't want to mix them up. So I, but I want to talk, I want to focus on this idea that it's better to withhold judgment and it seems to me what I'm getting here is Jay is that you feel that there's a there's a probable reason to to believe that God exists over God not existing and that although uh you know there's observational science and there's historical science we can still come to conclusions about the past um, we can use observational science to see which of these assumptions and guesses make the most sense. When we when we do have to guess about the past, we can use current operational science to see which is most reasonable, and then the Christian within a biblical framework. And one real quick comment: I gave a talk. Um, we we are we're just about out of time okay. here, Jay. So I'm going to let you focus on this uh, right when we start up in the next. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about you know. When we don't know, do we draw conclusions or do we withhold judgment? Which is the better position to take? We'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619 619- 
222-0766. I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more stalling. I hear you calling me. And I'm coming. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. My website's educateforlife.org. If you want to get a recording of this show or many other shows, we've got tons of shows on there. I've got uh, shows interviewing Buddhists, Muslims, uh, talking about all kinds of issues, uh, political events that are happening today. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing uh, somebody here in San Diego, Dran Reese, who is the director of Salt and Light, uh, which has to do with politics. What what decisions do we make as uh, Bible-believing Christians, as conservatives, uh, in regards to politics, with all that's going on in politics? My guest tonight is Jay Seeger and Sean Taylor. Jay is a Christian apologist, spoke over 180 times all over the world, uh, and you're leaving for Europe soon um, in, a, weeks. in a few weeks, okay, to talk. So he knows his stuff, and uh, Sean Taylor's here with us, uh, just keeping us honest, making sure we're asking the right questions, not... Uh, putting up straw men. So appreciate both these guys being on the air. And uh, you were going to make a point at the end of our last segment, uh, Jay. Sure. It's just something to think about. I had given a talk, actually just gave it last night here, but I, I gave it also somewhere else. I, basically has to do with DNA and the, how information is structured on it. It's just really cool. I even tell audiences, even if you're an atheist here, it's just really cool stuff. So I shared this talk for about 45 minutes talking about DNA and chromosomes and mutations and all these things. And afterwards, I was at my table and a guy stepped forward to talk to me. I said, can I help you? And he, he said, yeah. He goes, I, I don't see any evidence for creation. And I said, oh, what, uh, what was that that I, I just talked about for 45 minutes with the DNA and chromosomes and mutations and things? And he said, oh, yeah, but, but, but I don't see any scientific evidence. I said, oh, okay, I have a question for you. What would you accept as scientific evidence for creation? If you saw A, B, or C, um, that, would, yeah, that would be evidence. What would that look like? And he shrugged his shoulder. He said, I don't know. And then I said, well, if you don't know, we can't even have this conversation. If you don't have criteria that you use as to what counts as evidence and what doesn't, we can't even discuss this right now. And that's an important point. A lot of people say, well, there's, you know, I don't believe in God or creation because there's no evidence for it. Okay, well, what would it look like? What would it have to be for you to say, well, that would be evidence of God or that would be evidence of creation? So that definitely needs to be defined. And then you have to ask yourself, what criteria or basis are you using to come up with that? And where I, on the other hand, see a lot of things that make sense that if there is a God, if the Bible is his word, I would expect certain things A, B, and C, and that's what I do see. Sean, what would the A, B, and C be for you? As far as? As, okay, I'm, I'm switching. I'm, I'm a theist now. Um, let's oh, I mean, let's keep it at of, a theist uh, uh, level. Of a God? Yeah, God. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, if we're talking about the Christian God, I'm pretty sure he would know what it would take to convince me, but... But um, scientifically, since that was a specific question that this other guy asked me, what would it take for you to say, well, yeah, that's scientific evidence that there is a creator? So I don't know how far we want to walk down this philosophical path, but I, just because, you know, if we, if we talk about scientifically, that's, you know, technically studying the natural world. Um, yeah. I mean, the second that we discover there is a supernatural realm and we start studying it and looking into it, I mean, that's probably just we're going to start calling that the natural world or 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 whatever, but, you know, science can get into it at that point. I mean, if what, whatever it, it is, if there's any evidence of it, um, what yeah, if you, I mean, I would, I would accept okay. it. Okay, so I, so, Jay, I have had this question posed to me. I was having a discussion with somebody about this on Facebook, and they, they said, um, 
hey, my prayers weren't answered. And for me, that was evidence that God didn't exist. Uh, what would you say to somebody like that in that position? First of all, I would sympathize with them, and I'd say it's great that you were praying. You know, that's a start. You're, you're open to there being a God or some supernatural out there. That That's fine. But I would say that what you're really saying is that if there's a God, he has to answer every prayer. Um, so the fact that he didn't answer your prayer, that might be circumstantial evidence that apparently there isn't a God who always answers everyone's prayer. I'd say that's, you know, you've got a pretty strong argument there that there couldn't be that kind of God. How do you know that that's the kind of God? Uh, what is God supposed to be like? The only way I can answer that is to if he's revealed himself to us to tell us specifics that we can't figure out. I personally believe that you can look at DNA and many other things in nature and come to the conclusion there's got to be more to existence than just particles. There's got to be a supernatural element somehow. But that's as far as I could go. I wouldn't know who this God is, what he wants from me, what happens with me when I die. You can't get that from looking at particles or DNA or nature. He would have to reveal that to me, and that's what the Bible claims for itself, is that it is a revelation from God telling us many of those things, but there's no way we would know on our own. So that's where I have to get the character of God from, is what he's told us about himself. Mm. He doesn't say anywhere in the Bible he always answers everyone's prayers. And in a sense, the prayers were answered, it was just in the negative, which is not what the person was looking for. Sympathize that you, know, you want something to happen, it doesn't happen. But that's really not evidence that God doesn't exist. They would really have to study the Bible to see what does God claim for himself, and then then they might be able to have a discussion if they experience something that's totally contrary to what Scripture is saying. But if they just say, well, there can't be God because look at all the evil in the world, you have to say, okay, where you get the idea that if there was a God, you would never allow anything evil to happen? And how do you define evil? What's your basis? What's your standard you're using to say this is evil and that's not? And that gets into a whole, you know, I, okay, I hear what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. Now, what would be your, let's say, uh, beyond Christianity, but just theism as a whole, what would your A, B, C be for you that is like, okay, for me, it's very clear to me. Let's say we don't have the Bible. Sure. And you're looking at uh, everything around us, nature and creation and reality. What for you would be the A, B, and C that makes you go, you know what? I believe it's more rational. It's more probable that... God does exist than that he doesn't exist. I mean, because I tell people a lot of times, look, you know, we can try to withhold judgment about certain things, but we all make judgments based on probabilities. When I get into my car in the morning, I believe my car is not going to explode on the way to work. Now, I don't know it's not going to explode, but my judgment is that it will not explode. And and so, the and so Sean, I, I'm curious to how, how you think about this also, but... In order to get in the car, I've got to make a judgment. Either my car will explode or it won't explode. But I don't know it. So I have to withhold – you know, if I withhold judgment, then I'm kind of frozen. So for you to, to go towards God, what's the A, B, and C without the Bible that makes you go, God's real? Sure. If we totally leave the Bible out because with biblical worldview, there's a whole element of God connecting with us on a spiritual level, which is not tangible. You can't take it into the laboratory. But leaving that out, to me – uh, again, with degrees in physics and engineering, and then I taught myself computer programming, and then I had my own business for many years. I, that's just the way my mind thinks. It doesn't mean I'm a smart person. It's just my background. Um, but that's the way my mind thinks. I recognize intricate design. The, the computer programs that I wrote, they paid me for because it doesn't happen by accident. I look at my laptop. I look at cell phones. All these things that we instantly recognize design because we see specified complexity that doesn't happen on its own. We have no problem with that. So then when we look at DNA, which blows away anything we've ever designed, to me, it's a reasonable inference to say, well, that's not an accident either. 
And when we see in one of the talks that I give, we talk about DNA, how the information is structured forwards and backwards and overlapping and spliced in 3D and encrypted and embedded. It, it just blows us away. Human beings cannot create that. We can't even program a computer to create that. So to me, do I have faith that was designed by God? Yeah, I do, but it's a very reasonable faith based on my personal experiences with things that we have designed ourselves. And when I see something even better designed, I think it makes sense that that's not an accident either. Otherwise, I'd have to say that almost everything else could be an accident too if I'm willing to say DNA can be an accident. I see what you're saying. I don't, I don't know of any biochemists that say that DNA is an accident. I, I, I mean, A natural occurrence. No direction. Right, no, but that's very different no than an accident. Okay, I, we that's, could talk about words. I mean, there's a number of yeah. things. Like for me, I mean, um, hey, hey, guys, I'm going to cut you oh, off. Yeah, Sorry, no, we, we're coming up on a break here. Sean, I'll give you first word when we come in. I'm curious to, to know what you think. And uh, my guests tonight are Jay Segret and Sean Taylor. We're having a great discussion. And it's, it's part of what makes it great is we have people with opposing views. And a lot of times you get insights into the way people think that you wouldn't if everybody in the room agreed. And so I just want to thank both of you guys for being here and being willing to have this discussion. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Kevin Conover with Educate for Life. You're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, California. We'll be right back. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. one button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 610 619- one nine eight six seven thirty eight fifty three. Learn more at expressfixcoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing wrong. Cause we were taught that's who we are. Come on, get in line right now. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My guests tonight are Jay Seeger and Sean Taylor. Jay Seeger recently wrote a book. It's called Creation and Evolution, Compatible or in Conflict. And uh, I just encourage you to check it out. It's on Amazon. His website is CECWISC.com. That's the Creation Education Center. And um, just last year, he spoke over 180 times. He has degrees in physics and engineering and uh, been doing this for around 30 years and uh, just given a lot of insight uh, about why he believes in God. And we started off, uh, Jay, Sean, talking about, Jay, you said, okay, ABC, without the Bible even, I believe it's more rational to conclude that God exists than not. And Sean, I kind of wanted to let, uh, hear your perspective on that. Um, if, if What conclusion would you come to, you have come to atheism, that it's more rational not to believe in God, or you're a non-theist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, more rational that God potentially doesn't exist than to say that he does exist. Um, and, and where do you, where, where do you come to that conclusion? Um, I, I mean, just to be clear on definitions, yeah, okay. I, I know people take it different ways and use it different ways, but I mean, as far as, as I'm personally concerned and, and those 
around me that I know in the same situation. I, I'm, uh, I think what most people would understand is an agnostic atheist. Okay. I mean, I don't, um, uh, I just have no evidence for, for God. And I, so I don't have, hold any belief in God. You know, if you, I think one of the greatest examples I heard to kind of explain this is if you gave me a jar of jelly beans and you said, you know, are there an odd number or are there an even number? I think there's an uh, there's an odd number. There's definitely an odd number. Don't you believe there's an odd number? No, I don't believe there's an odd number. Well, that doesn't mean I believe there's an even number. I see what it you're saying. It just means I've got, you know, I've kind of, I, that's how, good, how would I know good that? That's um, good clarification. That's good clarification. And that's where I am on on the God question. Um, now, I've got no reason to think there is one. Um, you know, I, I would have a reason to think that it's either odd or even as far as the jelly beans are concerned. Um, uh, and, and certainly there either is or is not a God, but... I just I have no reason. I've never seen any evidence to. But as far me. as his argument is concerned, he said that his ABCs right. without the Bible is so, that for him he looks at it and he goes, "Hey, from what I from my experience, mm-hmm. experientially, even yeah, experientially, uh, right, when I see complexity, like the, yeah, yeah, the complexity. Yeah, what yeah, do you so think about that? What I was my feeling on that is is really no different than you know when the ancients saw lightning and heard thunder that was there was no doubt in their mind that is evidence of the supernatural that is evidence of the gods and and they understood the emotions and personalities of of these particular gods based on when they heard the thunder and and how loud the thunder was and so on and so forth um and this is goes back to what we were talking about earlier you know the, the seconds one gets to the point of their their own ignorance that's usually when a god or you know magic or the supernatural or you know you know some you know aliens as as was referred to earlier some sort of uh, you know unnatural thing to us is invoked because you know that's where i don't know that, that's where i cannot fathom you know well how else could this be here well, there's a lot of things that humans can't do there's a lot of things that humans can't fathom there's a lot of things we haven't figured out and I, I don't know that that's ever going to not be the case. Mm. Uh, you know, we've we've learned so much. We know where thunder and lightning come from. We understand it completely now, um, and we we don't understand completely the origin of life. You know, we, there's there's a lot of things that have been shown that that could possibly lead to it, but we we don't have a picture on that. We and I don't know if we, that we ever will. But that doesn't mean, therefore, you know, at least for me personally, it doesn't mean, therefore, well, there must be, you know. Yeah. Some sort of creator, supernatural I guess, magic I guess being. what I'm thinking is, okay, so whether you believe in God or not, and especially if you believe in the biblical God or not, it uh-huh. has ramifications, right? Sure. So, so it's not as if it's a, an ivory tower debate. It actually plays out in the way you uh, deal with issues in life, uh, whether that's, uh, you know— uh, I, I don't want to be extreme, uh, but I'm trying to think of something that's not extreme. Oh, uh, be extreme to make the conversation okay. <laughs> fun. <laughs> so, so, so the, the the Bible forbids, uh, you know, spousal abuse or something mm-hmm. like this. And I, you know, I know many atheists, and I don't know any atheists that abuse their spouses. So please don't get me wrong. That's right, no, that's right, why yeah. I'm saying it's not it's extreme. Um, but at the same time, there are consequences to what we believe. So sure. uh, a big part of so let's say being married to one woman mm-hmm. rather than being married to two women, right? So the Bible says in the New Testament, uh, an elder is to be the husband of but one wife, right? And so I look at that and I go, hey, I can't have two wives, right? Now, that being the case, there are real world consequences. So at some point, I have to draw a conclusion whether it's more probable to believe in God, probable to believe in God or not. And 
because I have, it, I'm, I'm, I have to get into the car. Uh-huh. I have to make a decision about whether the car is going to explode or not because I got to get it in the car to get to work. Mm-hmm. Now, so I have to evaluate, is it more probable God exists or more probable he doesn't? And I know you're saying that you withhold judgment. It's kind of a, I don't know how many jelly beans are in the, in the jar. Does that make, I, I yeah, don't no, know if no, I'm being I, clear I, I, what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and um, no, I, I, I do. I mean, there's a number of things there, but I, I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, it, you're you're going on past judgment. I mean, and to go back to Jay's uh, talking about interpretation, how does one interpret the facts? Um, you know, there's there's plenty of reasons to interpret from the Bible that you should have more than one wife, uh, as as you well know. I mean, you you specify the New Testament for a reason. Oh yeah, um, yeah, but but, but uh, no, it doesn't teach that in the Old Testament. They did do that. You're right, but they didn't teach that it was acceptable. Right. The way one can interpret the Bible, and depending on how much they actually read of it, which I, I think you know, we can all admit most don't read it all. Uh, you know, you can you can look at it different ways, but more importantly, I mean, you know, you're talking about the car. You're certainly not getting scriptural influ- influence on on whether or not you should trust your car. Well, m- maybe you are. I don't know, but um, I don't know that. that no, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm not. So, no. <laughs> so um, you, there are many reasons. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm married. I'm I'm monogamous. I, I'm not interested in having any more wives. Sure. Uh, uh, I I I love my wife and want to be with her for the rest of my life. There are a lot of atheists out there that are that are that are polyamorous. For for instance, that's sure. that's that's a big thing nowadays in in, in modern times and uh, with with many people. Um, there's other reasons. Yeah, I know. To, but, I mean, and but these are all personal things. You, I mean, these are there's are, other reasons outside of that book or this book or that book. But wouldn't you agree, regardless of those outside reasons, wouldn't you agree that God existing or not existing does have an impact on how a person, at least on some level, about the decisions they make? Every every decision that, that people make. I mean, people's actions are based on their beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. So whatever it is you you believe so certainly so, has influence on so your actions. I guess what I'm trying to challenge is, or trying to get at, is mm-hmm. you're saying that you want to withhold judgment on but, whether or not there's a god. Yeah, because you're ignorant of origins, right? So you withhold judgment. No, I, I'm 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 vacuous of evidence for God. Uh, okay, so you feel it's really a fifty fifty proposition, a flip of the coin. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, I, I I I feel it's it's much more likely that there isn't one because I see no evidence that there is one. Okay, but if you say there's evidence, so way worse than fifty. Wait, hold on, hold on. If you say there's, if it's way worse than fifty fifty, then it's not. Um, then you're saying there's actually evidence against God's existence, not for His existence. No, well, that's a different question. Okay, Jay, do you want to chime in here? Sure, I'd, I'd love to. A uh, couple things. One is you had commented before about the ancients and thunder and lightning. The Hindus, you know, lightning and thunder. All the gods were angry and cursing. You know, yeah. Total ignorance there, and it was their religious belief to say, "All oh, these, there must be gods out there doing that." Today, we don't say that DNA was designed by God because we can't figure it out. It must be God. Um, that's what a lot of skeptics think that Christians do. We're basing it on actual knowledge, not ignorance. We do see processes. We do see agents that create intelligent things today. Real processes that do that. So when we look at DNA, and there's nothing in real operational science today that accounts for that, you're even close to it. It's logical to say a good option is that there was intelligence behind it because we see positive things in science by inference rather than just saying, well, we don't know, must be God. Okay, my guests tonight are Jay Seeger and Sean Taylor. We're uh, coming up on a break here, so we're going to be right back and continue this discussion. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Main and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at TuckersValleyFurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will cast Welcome back to Educate for Life. We're on our last uh, segment here for the evening. I hope you're enjoying the show. I am. It's a, it's great. We have Jay Seeger. He is a Bible-believing Christian, loves the Lord, and has dedicated his life to telling people about God and the evidence for the truth of God, both from Scripture and from creation. And I also have Sean Taylor, who is a part of the Humanist Board here in San Diego. He is an atheist and a skeptic and a super nice guy. Uh, glad he's on the show. And my website's educateforlife.org. We were just talking about an argument from ignorance. Um, Sean, you were saying you actually see evidence against God and that people have used in the past a kind of God of the gaps argument. That is, we see lightning, God. We see thunder, God. We see earthquakes, God. And Jay, you were arguing that, hey, this is not an argument from ignorance. This is actually an argument from evidence. Uh, can you expand a little bit more on that? You were saying that the DNA is the evidence, the information. Well, sure. And again, I don't come to the conclusion that God exists because I wasn't sure. I looked at science and realized, you know what, there's so much evidence here. I believe in God. I sense in my spirit, my being, that I know God exists. Now, that gets we're not even going to have time to go into Scripture where God says in Scripture, he himself has put the knowledge of himself inside every human being. We don't have time to develop that. But that's why I think I believe and sense that I just know he exists then when I use the mind he's given me and I look at things around me, it makes sense. It's consistent with um, even the ability to do science. If there is a God and he's a God of order, I should expect to see order in his creation. That's where science came from. Almost every major area of science we have was birthed out of the Christian community because these men and women believe that God existed. He's a God of order. They expected to see that. They saw regularities, and they formulated these areas of science. So to me, in a Christian worldview, it makes sense that we could expect consistency out there, but if there is no supernatural force and everything is just nature, there's no real reason to say it's always going to be this way. It's consistent. We can do that. So with my Christian worldview, when I look at the world and I see that, you know what? Science has no answers whatsoever of how we get something from nothing. I mean, the best laws we have, first and second laws of thermodynamics, they they mitigate against that. So to me, that's consistent with what I already believe, that God existed and he supernaturally brought things, matter and energy, into existence out of nothing. That's what he says, and science has no natural answers for that. Secondly, order out of chaos, a Big Bang doesn't produce order that we see here today. There's a whole other subject. There's big, 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 huge problems scientifically with the Big Bang. Um, but I do see evidence of order there with all the you know fine-tuning argument there. Then how do you get life started? Science has no answers. Um, Sean mentioned there they have different ideas. 
it's not like they're close in all these ideas. They're way, way far away from figuring out how this thing got started. They usually just shove that off and say, well, it's not really our problem. We just deal with how one creature evolved into another one. And you don't believe that's an argument uh, from ignorance, a God of the gaps argument? No. I, what I do is I believe that God tells us a certain amount in Scripture that gives us a framework. He doesn't give us every single detail about the history of the universe and all that, but he gives us enough to provide a framework to properly understand and interpret what we're seeing. God says that he created it supernaturally out of nothing to begin with, and he says that creatures will reproduce after their kind. There's a limit there. They're not going to just keep going from a single cell all the way to a human being. Today we see dogs, dingoes, coyotes, and wolves can all breed together because they're the same general kind of animal. But you can't breed a dog and a dingo and get a cucumber. There are limits there. They don't have genetic information to make that or wings, but they can make a nice variety of dogs. We can breed dogs today and get all these varieties, but limits. So what we see in genetics today is we see these limits that was mentioned in Scripture. Do I now believe it because genetics show that? No, that's what I believe to begin with. But when I look at real genetics and see that, it makes sense in a biblical worldview. Same thing with the DNA. I, I wish we had time to talk about how these messages are forwards and backwards. Entire chapters of complex instructions. You can read it one way, make certain proteins that carry out functions in your body. Read that instruction backwards. Completely set another set of instructions that make completely different proteins there's no way that anything in nature on its own is just going to produce that information system. And then as it copies it, makes random copying errors, which is what mutations are, it's going to improve that over and over and over. Every time you make a random change, you're not only messing up the message going one way, you're messing up the message going the other way. And then we have overlapping messages and embedded messages and all these things. Mutations are not going to improve that system and create new information. We've never seen it in a laboratory. That makes sense to me as a Christian. Nature doesn't produce it. God is one to produce it. So I don't use these things as proof of God, proof of the Bible. I use those things to say, you know what, that's consistent with what the Bible is saying to begin with. Uh, so you see it as confirmation, confirmation. of what the Bible yeah, we can't, says. You, you don't prove God's existence scripturally. God says he's already shown himself to people. It's up to them whether they choose to accept it or not. If we run around trying to prove God's existence, God's kind of saying to us as Christians, what in the world are you doing? They know I exist. I've given them information. If they want to reject it, that's fine, but you don't need to prove my existence. You don't even need to prove Scripture to them. You need to share it with them, but God can defend himself. What we do is we defend why we have personally chosen to believe that. Okay, I see what you're saying. Sure. So you're so what you're doing when you're speaking and everything, you're not you're not proving God's existence. You how would you how would you uh, articulate that? Well, without going into all the presuppositional stuff, that the Bible says that God exists, he's always existed, he didn't come from anywhere, he's always existed, um, and that the Bible is his word. Those are That's part of the presuppositional framework. What I do is I go out and I look at the real world to say, does what I see make sense in light of that belief, that God exists? If everything contradicted that, I'd say, I don't know, I can buy into this presuppositional thing and believe that God exists and the Bible is his word, because everything I see is just going against that. That's hard. I'd have to have blind faith. But when I look at the real world and I look at... I'm coming up with a new talk soon called Surprise, the Bible Explains That. Just one or two quick, quick examples. Uh, skeptics would always say, oh, there's never in a worldwide flood. Where did all that water come from? Well, there's enough water on the planet to flood at 1.7 miles deep right now. If you smooth out, you know, the mountains are lower and all that stuff. Plenty of water. But just last year, scientists have discovered there's probably as much water in the oceans as there is, um, in the rocks today. They found twice as much water around. Well, the Bible makes sense of that. Also, just last month... Um, and something new came out. They've told us for years that the Earth was in a molten state, cooled down, and it was a solid rock, and then asteroids, comets hit the Earth, bringing ice, and it melted, and that's where the water came from. Now they're saying, well, it looks like there's evidence that water has been around from the very beginning of Earth's inception. 
And I say, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. Second Peter chapter 3 says that God created the earth out of water, and it was covered with water. So when they discover that, I'm like, that, that's, that's not a shock to me. I'm like, oh, great, I've got to give up my beliefs. Like, the Bible actually explains that. They say we all came from one woman. And the Bible says that Eve was the mother of all the living. Now, they have a different twist on it. They say, well, there are other females that were alive at that time, but they all died out, and only that one passed on her genetics. I'm saying, yeah, I believe that one passed on her genetics. The Bible explains that. So I have those beliefs to begin with, and when I do experiments in the real world with physics and engineering and logic and all that, it's consistent with what Scripture is teaching me. Okay, so that that that's a, so you're saying it's not an argument from ignorance; it's an argument from evidence. And Sean, you're saying that, uh, or or at least uh, how you're explaining is that uh, you don't see that as evidence; you just see that as something we haven't yet figured out. If there is something in science that's unclear, like quote abiogenesis, you're seeing that as something just like lightning in the past. It's something we just haven't gotten to yet, and therefore there's no reason reason to conclude God. Sure. Um, you know, we're, we're running out of time. I know. Time we, got, we, got, we got. There was about, a lot. To, we go out a, a, min, a minute there. fifty there. So I, I would just, I would just say, you know, to 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 bring uh, something that Jay said there, you know, back to the beginning. Um, if you know, if a wolf and dingo, you know, mated and and a cucumber came out, I'd be very susceptible to believing in God. I mean, evolution would be out the window at that point. I'd like to see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that could be the the part of the ABC right there. So. Okay. <laughs> That's but awesome. It, yeah, I mean, not knowing how something happened is is obviously not evidence that something else did happen. It's it's simply not knowing that something okay, happened. Okay. I mean, that's for certain. Uh, Jay, any concluding statements here before we wrap it up? We're just about out of time here. Oh, I want to use the small remaining time we have just to say I just appreciate Sean being here. This is awesome. Oh, thank you, Jay. I, I wish there were more skeptics like him, and you might wish maybe there were more yeah. know, Christians <laughs> like you and I. Absolutely. Being gracious. It, we're just discussing things. It's not about Sean. It's not about me. It's not about you. We're discussing these ideas, and it's going to help other people think through it. And lastly, I'll say this. I ask people, can you force someone to volunteer? That's a contradiction. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. Christianity is a volunteering of our will to God, saying, I submit myself to you. I can't make him become a Christian. I want yeah. to try. I can present to him why I've chosen to be, but he'll have to decide on his own. Yeah, I want to thank both you guys for being on the air with me. This is Educate for Life. I'm Kevin Conover, your host. We're on am1170theanswer.com. We'll be back here next week, 4 to 5 p.m. My website's educateforlife.org. Please look up Jay Seeger, uh, Creation and Evolution, Compatible or in Conflict. Excellent book. God bless you. Have a great night. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name?